So that was the heroes from the Bowie and Mercury Rising show. So we're here with Thando, who's part of the performance. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. No worries. So can you tell us a bit about um, the Chapel of Chapel performance? Yeah. Um, so basically, um, it's more of a performance piece than I yeah. guess it is a musical or a concert sort of thing. Yeah. Basically, we go through my journey as Tando, yeah. finding out about David Bowie's passing and then yeah. through the music of David Bowie and also Freddie Mercury, because Freddie yeah. Mercury is a huge part of my life, you know, using the two artists to sort of, you know, go through a journey of self-discovery and sort of... Um, you know, learning everything about them as people and as artists and what their motivations were and using their music as vessels to tell that story to the mm. audience. So it's been a lot of fun for me because I didn't have any sort of exposure to David Bowie when I was mm. growing up. So when I got cast in this show, I was like, this is going to be really interesting because the show is just going to keep developing as I learn more and, you know, start to fall in love with his music. And I think where it is now, it's a genuine expression of what my take on David Bowie's music is as someone who's just recently discovered him and hopefully the long-time fans who come and watch the show can enjoy the fact that I've become a new fan and mm. I'm sharing his music with them in my way. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I, when I heard about this show, I was really fascinated because I always like um, loved kind of both these, um, you know, personalities. Yeah. I, I, I like calling them personalities sometimes because the way that they, like, are on stage with their music especially, mm. it's so um, theatrical. Exactly, yeah. And how did you incorporate, like, that theatricality in, like, this piece? I think what we've done, because we have three mediums sort of going simultaneously on stage, so whenever there's a, a piece happening, a song, I'll be singing it and performing it, but I'm quite minimal in my delivery because mm. we've got a dancer um, yeah. who's sort of playing to the lyrics and has just come up with the most beautiful, intricate choreography, and without sort of giving too much away, it's really a multi-sensory experience, this show. So you'll have me singing and then you'll see um, you'll see Jess, the dancer, you know, performing the pieces and we'll have Warren playing the piano like a crazy man. He's incredible. He's insane. Mm -hmm. So I think these three things coming together just sort of create this soundscape and, you know, it's such a beautiful imagery that's sort of incorporated to be able to tell the stories. But, um, yeah, it's... It's far from a musical, and I think that's what a lot of people um, think it's a musical with mm. the music of Bowie and Freddie Mercury, much like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen We Will Rock You, mm. how they sort of use those songs to sort of tell a story. We've totally sort of approached it in a different way and made it more a piece, and it's really about the beginning of their lives and their careers and subsequently to the end when they'd both passed on. So, And their music resonates every sort of major event that happened in their lives. So we've been very lucky to have such great material to work with and sort of use it to tell their stories. And, yeah, I think people will sort of enjoy the fact that they're not just coming to see me sing David Bowie songs that I learnt six weeks ago. It'll be what did we create out mm. of the material that Bowie left us. And I think, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So would you say that it's a very progressional and transitional stage? Like as in a lot of the stuff that happens on stage um, slowly becomes like... Yeah, absolutely. It sort of starts with me just sort of 
having found out or come to terms with the fact that David Bowie's passed on because it, it very much reflects what happened in my life at the time that he did pass on. So I always knew who David Bowie was, mm. but I was never a massive fan or anything. Yeah. But I logged into Twitter one day and it was just inundated with rest in peace messages yeah. and I sort of started to realise what kind of impact he had and what kind of impact his music had on the world and people that I didn't even know were David Bowie fans on my timeline were posting rest in peace David Bowie and that's when I sort of started to take an interest and try and figure out who this man was and I think being a musician <laughs> I really should have known who David Bowie <laughs> yeah. was and sort of grown up with with his music but you know my, my environment and my background didn't sort of mm. lead me to to know who he was so it's been amazing sort of getting to know his music and I think the show definitely reflects that because the beginning is me not knowing too much about him but as the show sort of continues it's me sort of falling in love with him and then by the very end I'm a hardcore fan and I'm going crazy over the last song Heroes which is just absolutely fantastic and sort of encapsulates what the story of Bowie and Freddie essentially was in their lives they were heroes for us so yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting, because I was just going to ask you if you got, like, the more that you know and the more that you researched yeah. everybody, have you got emotional uh, yeah. emotional during Absolutely. the performance? Absolutely, yeah. Sort of finding out um, that his very last album, Black Star, mm-hmm. um, like his 25th album, and then just, like, putting things together, because, like, all the cover art for all the other 24 albums he'd recorded didn't have like they were all a picture of his face whereas black star was the only one without and i think that was a way to sort of signify that this is the last piece of work and like he was just so dignified in the way that he just focused on the work he put out a really quality album and he really did the very best that he could and it's like critically claimed like and considered his best work Mm. and then releases a music video for lazarus and the lyrics Mm. talking about look at me i'm in heaven the day after that video comes out he passed away because no one knew that he was terminally ill, you know? And he just... I think the album could stand alone as a piece of artwork and it was fantastic as it was, but I think what just made it so much more poignant was the fact that there were so many themes throughout the album and people were listening to it and all the lyrics that sort of were hinting at the fact that he's reached the end. And he'll pass away. Yeah, and the thing is, he always knew the extent of his illness and he he wasn't looking for publicity or sympathy or anything because he knows that would have just distracted from the work. So when I found that out, I was like, this is some really powerful stuff. And yeah, when we get to that stage in the show where I'm talking about the release of his album and him passing away the next day, and like days before that, he just turned 69. So it's just a series of events that sort of all happen all at once. And that to me made me realize wow, this is a man who didn't need to have bells and whistles mm-hmm. to put out a quality piece of work, and, and it still resonated with so many people. And then he passed away the next day, mm-hmm. and then he won five Grammys for it. Like, it's just all this stuff at once so it was like yeah there's a lot to process but I I was I was so moved by that and when I'm singing Lazarus on stage I do get really emotional about it because the lyrics are just talking about how he's starting to slip away and he's got nothing left and Mm -hmm. people don't know the struggle that he's going through Mm -hmm. because he'd never told anyone that he had terminal illness so yeah I was fond one thing I find amazing about like both these artists is just the lyricism yeah. of all their songs. Like all their songs have such fabulous imagery yeah. that like you could even use in like you know it's almost like poetry. Yeah, it's like I mean most songs are like poetry, I guess. Mm. But I there's a lot of um, like even like Killer Queen. There's the way that they describe her. I love because it's although it's like a song um, that you know discusses like a woman who 
yeah, it just um, creates um, such dynamic, and uh, even like the image, like even the way that they say the words. Yeah, yeah. It's very like quick in some ways, and there's like beautiful, um, you know, the way you even pronounce things. Yeah, it's just beautiful to. Hear. I think it's it's like a tool that like they both utilize to sort of allow the listener to be able to create their own perception of this person or a situation or mm. anything that they're sort of and talking you can, about. You can, you can almost feel that. Like yeah. you can feel like the imagery. Definitely, like, yeah. And I think yeah. that's what's so special about these two guys because like the, obviously the way that they approach their, their writing, their lyricism sort of allows the listener to be in a position where they're able to take control and create their own nar- narrative. Mm. So, you know, sometimes you'll be spoon-fed a thing and you're like, okay, so this thing is seen about this. Okay, now I've got this image in my head because that's what they were trying to tell me. But when I was listening to anything by Bowie and Freddie especially, I just had like the most ridiculous images going on in my mind like you don't even know what was happening in my mind the first time I heard Bohemian Rhapsody I just created this like story of this guy and he's just like been cast out and then all of a sudden he's like he's shot a guy like obviously we all know the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody and like whoever the protagonist is in that story whenever we hear it in our own heads it will never be the same for two people and that's what I really love about the way that they write I love um I especially love bicycle race like that's one of my favorites because it like as in it like has like themes of like talking about his sexuality for example yeah, yeah. but it's so subtle and it's so like interesting like some mm. of the imagery because he like makes reference to all these cultural things you know like yeah. Star Wars Frankenstein yeah, yeah. Um, and he and I love how like his progression of like speed and like yeah. I don't know you it's, feel it's like, like it's um, very like it's a very yeah. dynamic and you can yeah. it, there's so much passion in that yeah and definitely yeah, I, and I think that's the thing like um, people like Bowie and Freddie are you know one in a million Mm. and our generation is I feel personally is yet to have someone so culturally significant like we need our generation of a Bowie or a Freddie Mercury and Mm. they're so hard to come by and I'm really looking forward to whoever it is that I can tell my kids about later on you know what I mean someone in my generation who influenced me in that sort of way because yeah my, my dad is the one that introduced me to Queen and I just, Aww. like, sort of held him high above everything, and he's literally the only reason that I said yes to doing the show, because obviously I was apprehensive about it being about Bowie, because I didn't know him, and I wanted... Mm. I thought maybe it would be best if someone who was a mega fan of Bowie yeah. could yeah. sort of pay respect to the work and really do it the best way that it could be done. But, yeah, because it was Bowie and Mercury Rising, I thought that I had enough fan power and love and respect <laughs> to be able to carry it on my Freddie morals and then learn about Bowie and I think I've done just that so yeah you seem like a mega fan now ah, just like, cause, yeah, it's from, great like yeah, just I hearing there's so much passion there yeah. it's so yeah. nice so no, nice it's, to hear it's fantastic yeah. I'm just disappointed that I didn't Jerry like 10 years earlier so <laughs> it's it's good now because now I've got you know 25 albums worth of music to oh, discover and to learn yeah. so I'm really looking forward to the journey yeah, yeah. I, I just got another question just before we wrap up. Mm. Um, this is a kind of weird question, but like with costume, they're very much known, like especially with um, Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, yeah, um, yeah. you know, character, very, very and like um, sort of, you know, yeah. Freddie with his like you know very tight white pants. pants, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and mustache. Does anyone rock the mustache? No, no, no. <laughs> no one rocks the mustache. Um, again, like it was, it was important for us to sort of do it as a piece and not to mm. caricaturize the show. Yeah, I think it would have been it. It might have been predictable if I was wearing like anything, if I was dressed as Bowie or mm. you know anything to sort of allude to being Freddie. But I'm just completely neutral because I'm me on stage. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on stage as Tando, but Jess, our dancer, she's lucky. She has like 30 costume changes or something. So she's always evolving from like one character to another, and yeah. she either stands out and is the focal p- piece, focal yeah. point of whatever dance she's doing, or she's becoming one with the landscape that's created. Because we have a lot of projections going on screen yeah. as well so everything that's happening sort of alludes to to Bowie's style and and Freddie's style as well and yeah but in no way do we have mustaches on stage <laughs> which would have been rad but I missed that one so yeah no worries yeah. so thanks so much for talking with us Thando no, thanks for having us guys us me us. thanks for having me I feel like, I feel like I'm sitting here with somebody else yeah <laughs>